Lowe's knows top outdoor power equipment. And now's the time to get your yard ready for spring with Ego Outdoor Power Equipment starting at $219. Experience the latest innovations in outdoor battery power from Ego, like Speed IQ technology that adapts mower speed to your stride. Get continuous non-stop trimming with the Line IQ string trimmer and get added steering wheel precision with the E-Steer zero-turn mower. Shop Ego, the number one rated brand in cordless outdoor power. Only at Lowe's today. Did you know that yearly Medicaid renewals will start again soon? This means millions of people who were enrolled in Medicaid during the pandemic may no longer be eligible for coverage. If this may impact you, the good news is you have options. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield can help answer your questions so you can find an affordable health plan for you and your family. We want you to feel confident you're covered. Click to learn more. Policy exclusions and limitations apply. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield is the trade name of Blue Cross Blue Shield Healthcare Plan of Georgia, Inc. What's better than this? Guys, me and dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your host here on this Thursday edition of the show. We're going to have some fun with these head coaches. We're going to see some guys getting fired left and right here very soon, even more fired next year, and Kyle and I are going to put them under the hot seat meter. Kyle, welcome. All right, Joe, now welcome to No Repeat Third Day. We're going to hold that tiger. Yeah, Joe Burrow's favorite practice of the week. No repeat. Thursday. No repeat Thursday. You know me and, that's me a, and we Coach, gotta we gotta get that kind of branding going for the show. Well, you know that's my thing, right? Like I'm into that. Well, it it's gonna be our thing now because I'm all in on this concept right now. Well, once we're, I mean, we're kind of at the point where football season's kind of behind us, and so we can we could I mean we could have. You know, takes on takes Tuesday, water cooler Wednesday, film Friday, something Monday, something Thursday. And there's, but there's got to be like that meaning, like no repeat Thursday is don't fuck up. Right. That's every day. Don't, don't screw up the walkthrough. That's what we do, Kyle, except for you don't edit it out. Am I supposed to go back and edit out the, the f bomb that I just dropped, or is that what you're saying? Or no, I'm just saying you, you you like to keep it keep it authentic. Whatever the listeners get is very yeah much what happens when we push record. No repeat days that <laughs> end in y every day. That's the draft. Right. We got something for all 32 today. All 32 we fan do. bases. We got something for you. We're gonna mm-hmm. move quickly as through this as we can no we're uh, not let's be honest come on no we we can do this kyle we can do this less than a minute on every team well some of them are going to be really easy because we're doing uh like a a spectrum of how hot your your seat is as the head coach of your specific team yep. right uh so for example we're going to start with the AFC East, and I'm going to MC the AFC East. And, Joe, I'm going to tell you that the New England Patriots are currently sitting in first place, so we will discuss them first. Notice how it's week 16, and I had the opportunity to say, 
currently sitting in first yeah, that's place. That's a beautiful thing, my God. It's a weird, weird world we live in. But Bill Belichick, I think it's safe to say, is going to be safe in New England for as long as he wants to be there. Would you disagree with that fact? No, but I, let's tell everyone about our – we have four tiers. We're going to put every team into four tiers. Safe for years, safe for now, getting warm, and goodbye. They're gone within the few, next few weeks. Okay, so Bill Belichick is safe for years. Safe for years, yep. Done. We're done talking about the Patriots. Yeah. Box is checked. You guys can leave. Thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, please close the door on your way out. The Buffalo Bills, 10-4 and four Buffalo Bills. Sean McDermott is in year three. Yep of his uh, tenure here in Buffalo. And despite the fact that they had a record regression from year one to year two, they've obviously bounced back in a very strong way and looks like a lot of their, their player developments paying dividends for him, Joe. I definitely think this is a safer years. I, I can't imagine a single record scenario for the Bills in 2020 that would result in Sean McDermott getting fired. Yeah, right. I mean, playoffs in two out of three seasons after the Bills missed him for 17 in a row, build the man a statue. Um, yeah, safe for years. And, you know, the they went from playoffs to six and 10. And that was they took their medicine that year. That was the year they had to uh, really eat a lot of dead cap over 50 million. And they were just undermanned, um, which was disappointing in Josh Allen's rookie season. But, you know, they're in good shape now. The Obviously, a great offseason to set the stage for the, this season right now. But, you know, Brandon Bean again loaded with 90 million and nine draft picks going into this next offseason. So they're in That's good it. shape. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, it'll be a good little time here in Buffalo. So safe for years, absolutely, for Sean McDermott. Oh, my sweet Adam. <laughs> All right. So this is predictive, right? <laughs> yes. All right. We're being predictive yes. as to what we think is going to happen. Yes. Uh, sweet Adam Gase. Is five and nine with his first in his first season of, with the New York Jets. Anybody who can get Sam Darnold to engage in like a shouting match with you on the sideline is a special kind of talent. You've spent some time around Sam, right? Like, didn't you do that like video game thing with him? Yeah, they had Gatorade had like a, a virtual reality set up at the combine, and Josh Allen and Sam Darnold came out and did it. And I had a chance to talk to Sam for. It was no more than five minutes, but I had a chance to actually like engage in a one-on-one conversation with him, and it was really cool. And and Sam's just super chill. <laughs> so That's what I'm saying is like, what? possibly imagine what would get Sam to that breaking point where like he's he's getting after Adam with the way that he's talking, and you can see he's getting real animated and angry. Uh, I think I think it's getting warm. If it were me, he'd be gone. But let's right. let's be honest here. The, the Jets are three and two in their last five games. Just what and, we wanted to hear as 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 Jets haters. Well, <sighs> I mean they, they've lost to two previously winless teams. Uh, the Miami <laughs> Dolphins got their first win of the year against the New York Jets, and the Cincinnati Bengals got their only win of the year against the New York Jets. And they've been incredibly frustrating and the offense is bad. And there's players that are having like Le'Veon Bell is having an all time career worst season under Adam Gase. And you see what the talent looks like elsewhere in the league that once it gets away from Adam Gase, suddenly it doesn't it's not bad anymore. So I think there's a lot of writing on the wall here. But Christopher Johnson, who's the acting owner in, in replace of Woody Johnson with the Jets, 
has said that he's he's expecting Adam Gase back in 2020. I think it would take like a colossal collapse and getting blown out over the next two weeks for Adam to get there. I think he's safe for now, but you can make a case for getting warm. Yeah, I kind of want to say getting warm, though. I, I think I think he'll be fine for next year. Next year is going to be a big year for him to deliver. And okay, so then he's safe for, for now. Well, if I think you can get fired after next season, then I think that's absolutely getting warm. Oh, well, then then put me in for getting warm. Yeah, I, I, that's kind of where my thought is, especially with Joe Douglas being there. He didn't pick Adam Gase. They have a weird reporting strategy there. Stuff that just does historically is proven not to work in the NFL. The Jets employ that the they report individually. It's it's just bad philosophy. It's terrible. Yeah. I don't understand how any front office signs up to do it this way. Yeah. Well, because yeah. everybody's going to go to the owner and say, "Hey, <laughs> I'm doing my job. I don't know what Jackass is doing yeah. over there." Dumb. All right, so we're both. Are we both getting warm with getting game? warm? Okay, yeah, getting warm. Uh, Miami Dolphins. Brian Flores. Uh, Team came out pretty impressive as the worst team of all time to win three games. I think uh, this team's out of gas, though. So I'm not going to read too much into the fact that they got spanked by the Giants. They should have beat the Jets. They had the the defensive pass interference review that that created defensive pass interference in the final minute of the football game. Uh, I'm expecting them honestly. I'm expecting them to lose to the Bengals this week, and it won't be a bad thing because this team has set the NFL record for most players to play in an active game. You know how many players have played for the Dolphins this year, Joe? <laughs> well, okay, let me let me honestly think about this. You, you have 53 on a roster. Yes. Now, they've had a ton of, I mean, just guys left and right, a lot of turnover. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'll say they've had 80 different players. They have, this past weekend, they surpassed 80 different players. Oh, that's a good guess. And they put Raquel McMillan on IR and claimed Calvin Munson off the Patriots practice squad. So it's a big decline. So you're going to get 81 too, at least. Yeah. Uh, So they've, they're making as good of an effort as they can to be competitive. Uh, Brian Flores was given a five-year contract there. I think he, I wouldn't say safe for years because you need to have some success measured. But I can foresee no issues with with Brian Flores in Miami throughout the end of 2021. So I think the most realistic time frame for Flores to get on thin ice with the Dolphins and maybe be in a a real legitimate hot seat where he could be gone is 2022. So I would say safer now. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't think if this isn't safe for years. Um, I think the team has to show some growth over the next two, but I think he's probably got at least the next two seasons. And so for that, I think that's safe for years. When I can comfortably say you've got two more years. We're we're interpreting the scale differently, but this is your brainchild, so that's okay. I'm going to play by your rules. If I I say Brian Flores is safe for two-plus years, he's safe for years. Yeah, I think so. And then I think he's safe for years. Yeah, we agree with that. I mean, I think he's done a good job with this roster, to be completely honest with you. Mm-hmm. I've liked a lot of their scheme. I've liked what he's been able to get out of players that haven't performed well, whether it was with Miami in the past or other teams with the past that the teams have moved on from. I mean, this is, I mean, I wouldn't, I, this is nothing like exactly what the Colts went through, 
But I think in some ways you can really appreciate the coaching efforts based on what you know Frank Reich was able to get out of that roster last year and what Brian Flores is getting out of this roster this year. And so I think they're doing a, a good job with their coaching staff and it, it, very optimistic. I think Chad O'Shea is a really good offensive coordinator. Obviously, Flores can really dial up defense. I mean, this is one of those deals where we can spend a long time talking about things that are wrong with the Miami Dolphins, and it'll be a long, long, long time until we get to the coaching. Yeah, it's it's safe for years, in my opinion. All right, very good. And and one more thing here is, like, Miami's kind of taken a very honest approach about where they – where they've been and where they want to get as a football team. And and I think they understand that there's going to take a little time for that to happen. I think they've embraced that patience that's going to be needed to really turn this thing around and make it consistent. And so I, I believe that our ownership has that mentality, which further makes me believe that he's got time. That always is gets scary, though, because you know how finicky owners can be from time to time. But I mean, you'd like to think they've taken their medicine now. They've seen what happens when they don't stay the course. Oh, sure. Ross has owned this team for 10 years. He got one playoff berth and no playoff yeah. wins and no division tight. Like you got to do something different. And that was what he said in January of 2019 when they made the regime changes that they did. And I, I think he'll stay the course. I know we're getting ready to switch over to the AFC North and, and Jimmy Haslam and not <laughs> staying the course and the Cincinnati Bengals staying the course too long. So like you're all, every team's going to give you a little something different. But I think Ross is committed to this at least for, for several years. All right. So let's get to the AFC North here. The Baltimore Ravens 12 and two, uh, they're going to be a top two seed in the AFC playoffs. I mean, the model of consistency in a lot of ways with, with, with Harbaugh and what he's been able to do there and the consistency of turning out winners. I mean, the transition from Ozzie Newsom to Eric DaCosta was you know, masterfully put together. You know, that succession plan was put in place many, many years ago, and they've made that a pretty seamless transition. And you just love the continuity that's going on here. I mean, this this whole thing is humming here, and uh, Harbaugh's safe for years. There's no doubt in my mind. Remember when they used to just give him one-year contract extensions at yeah, a time? Weirdest thing in the world. Safe for years. I mean, I, if you put them all in a pool and you say you get to pick one guy to be the head coach of your team, you might pick Harbaugh. He's He's exceptional. He's he'd be a top three pick. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Pittsburgh Steelers. uh, Very another another situation that's very similar to me. They're eight and six. I think Mike Tomlin, this might be his best coaching job to get this team to a place where they're really in the mix here for a playoff spot uh, down to their third quarterback. Really? I mean, you could say their fourth quarterback because they moved on from Dobbs Um, defensively. This team's playing at an elite level and um I mean, all all Mike Tomlin does is win. I mean, he's been extremely consistent over a long period of time, and I think he's he's really maybe coaching his best right now. I think that he's, I think he's safe for years. You know I mean, how what? many teams? You know how many teams have scored less points than the Pittsburgh Steelers this year? Probably not many. Nine. Yeah. 269 points for the Steelers this year. They're eight and six. Imagine if they didn't get those. I mean, they've gotten some special teams touchdowns and defensive touchdowns this mm-hmm. year. Yep. And that's playing into it. Yep. So I uh, think that defensively, arguably one of the, the best three or four defenses in football, definitely top five defense in football. Uh, but I don't want to get too far down that rabbit hole. Uh, Tomlin, obviously the success that this team has had despite all of the injuries to not just the quarterbacks, but the skill players in general, and then losing Antonio Brown and 
it's been impressive. And definitely think he's safe for years. He's another one of those guys, especially considering the Steelers' uh, tendencies with head coaching. <laughs> They've had three head coaches since the 60s. So yeah. he ain't going nowhere. Yeah. It, 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 this year has really shut up his critics, too. I mean, he had a lot oh, of yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. You're like, okay, I mean, everyone bitches about Tom winning this team, but all they do is go uh, 12 and four every year. Like, what? <laughs> Just, and they make deep postseason runs. I was like, this is weird. Okay, uh, Cleveland Browns six and eight. Freddie Kitchens was a wild card going into the year. He's been every bit of disappointment you could possibly imagine. But he's a first year coach, and I think this this team has shown has shown some signs of life here a bit as they this you know we got to about the midway point of the season. So is is Freddie Kitchens going to be one and done? Well, he's definitely not safe for years. Um, I don't know that he's even safe for now. I think this is a classic getting warm. I, I think I think he's going to get. 2020 and this team better get it get it together or else he's going to be out of town so getting warm in yeah. my opinion yeah I, I think they'll look back about three quarters of the way through 2020 and probably regret not making a change this year but uh right. I, think he, I think it's getting warm and, I, and i've done some work on john dorsey um recently that everyone will learn about very soon um and John's had some had a funny background. I mean, what the whole situation with uh, when he left Green Bay for Seattle and was there for Seattle for like one year. He left with Holmgren, went back to Green Bay, and then going to the Chiefs. And then you know whether it was some rumors of a power struggle with Andy Reid or just his leadership style. I mean, I feel like I feel like Dorsey as a GM kind of requires a certain head coach that he can control and manipulate a bit. You know, I don't know that he's going to get guys that are are super um egotistical like you know i i i almost feel like the more i've learned about dorsey the more i understand why he has a guy like friggin freddie kitchens as his head coach well and i i know there've been reports that you know ownership's a little more apprehensive on kitchens and john's like all about it like him yeah. and him and freddie are boys right right where yes, I I think there's something to be said for for that perspective. All right, uh, Zach Taylor with Cincinnati Bengals one in thirteen. Uh, hmm. t- this team sucked this year, right? I mean, the offensive line was atrocious. Defensively, um, really regressed. I was really disappointed to see like some of their younger players that I was excited about not really take any steps forward on defense. Um, no AJ Green this year. The running game was horrible to start the year. It's kind of found some life here lately. You know, with Joe Mixon, but uh, Zach Taylor in uh, year one, I'm, he's probably going to get Joe Burrow as his quarterback and really start to build this thing and shape it going into next year. Um, I think he's at he's at least safe for now, but I think there needs to be some results over the next couple seasons. Yeah, I think he's safe for now. In, in Cincinnati, probably- a fiercely fiercely loyal organization, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, I mean they're. Look at how much they went through with Marvin Lewis before yeah. deciding to make yeah. a change. So. I've done a lot of work on the AFC North recently with this type of stuff. And I mean, you look at Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore for different reasons and whether it's good or not, those those are three very loyal teams. Stable organizations. Yeah, very much. Stable with their direction. Yeah. Um stable's not the first word that comes to mind when we're talking about the Houston Texans, uh, mainly because they don't have a general manager. They did not hire someone to uh, replace Brian Gain. And lo and behold, now they've come out and said, 
we don't think we're going to hire anybody to serve as the GM period. So it's yeah. like the Bill O'Brien show. And because it's the Bill O'Brien show and this team is one win over their next two games away from winning the AFC South again. Yeah. They have an elite quarterback. I think he's safe for years. I don't know about his total control of the organization, but Bill O'Brien, I mean, he he was winning the AFC South at nine and seven with terrible quarterbacks. And then they got Deshaun in and uh, Deshaun got hurt after like six games. And then they bounced back again. Like he's for all of the criticisms that you can cast to Bill O'Brien. This team has managed and scratched out division titles in a majority of his seasons in Houston. And because of that, I think he's safe for years. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's just assume they win the a- AFC South this year. That'd be four division titles in five years. Right. Be, I mean, he's already clinched five winning seasons in six seasons with the team. I mean, one losing season, four and 12 in 2017. And uh, that was, um, and that was the year Watson got hurt. Right. And was st- was still after six games was still the leading passer for the year. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, let's give Bob some credit here, man. He's getting it done. So safe for years. You got the guy that's proven he can do it. Now get now start winning some playoff games, you know, right? And making some deep runs here. But Bill O'Brien's doing a nice job. He's won one playoff game. Yeah. So that's. One, two, three. This will be his fourth playoff appearance. In five years. In the last in five, five years. five years. Yeah. And it's time to start winning in the postseason. And I, I don't know how this team's point differentials plus 11. <laughs> They're, yeah, because they've they got some stinkers. Because they fall. Yeah, they get. That's exactly right. They have some stinkers and they get blown out. I mean, look at that Panthers game. I still can't figure that out. Yeah. You know? So. Oh, uh, the Broncos game, too. They were down like right. 30, 31 to nothing to the Broncos at one point. Uh, Tennessee Titans and Mike Vrabel. Yeah. Uh, Vrabel's got this team humming right now. Tennessee's playing good football. Uh, they lost their first game. Uh, their only loss in their last five games was this past weekend to the Houston Texans, which was, of course, a backbreaker. Tennessee did not start that game well. They had to make a late push. They just kind of ran out of time. <sighs> I like the direction Tennessee's going. You know, they, they've got John Robinson there in the front office. They got Mike Vrabel here. Uh, they made a playoff. They missed the playoffs last year, right? Yeah, they were 9-7. and they, seven. Yeah. But I think this team, despite the instability around the quarterback, I, I think it's kind of coming into its own with its identity, with – the way they've committed over the course of the last 20 or so games to running the ball with Derrick Henry and getting Ryan Tannehill under or behind center as just literally anybody that's not checked down Charlie Marcus Mariota, uh, which is a, a conversation for another day and a really kind of disappointing career development for him. I think Vrabel's safe for years because I you would have to have catastrophic injuries on this team for this team to fall flat on their face next year and go like three and 13. Yeah. And yeah. Right. I think, I think Vrabel would get the benefit of the doubt, even if they did. 
that's one of my things about last year with this Tennessee Titans team. I thought they were banged up quite a bit, and he got nine and seven out of them in his first year as a head coach, you know, and I thought that was a good coaching job. Seems like they've built on that this year. You know, obviously they'd probably love to know what this record looks like if Tannehill gets in the lineup a little bit sooner. Um, but I think he's doing a good job. Now, he's a really bad game day coach. I mean, that's the thing that I've taken away from every time I've watched Tennessee is that, you know, situational management is very, very poor. Um, and, and, uh, that's got to get better, but coaches, coaches can improve too. Right. I mean, that's, I, I, we, we've seen that from other coaches throughout the course of, you know, studying the game is that, you know, coaches just like players, they evolve and get better. And so I think that's going to be the big thing for Vrabel. I don't have any questions about his ability to be a motivator or set culture or, or scheme or anything like that. But like, dude, you got to get the game day stuff together. But yeah, I, I'm impressed with what he's got going here. Um, I think he's kind of largely perceived as one of the bright, bright young leaders in in football, and I think he's safe for years. All right, and then that leaves uh, the Indianapolis Colts next in line with Frank Reich, who's in his second year. Uh, the Colts went ten and six in Reich's first year, getting the hammer dropped on you that Andrew Luck is retiring yeah. a few weeks before the season. I think buys you a lot of flexibility for the fact that the Colts are running out of gas here. They're sitting at six and eight. I think Frank Reich, based on what he showed last year, he's got a lot of benefit of the doubt going in his favor. I have a very difficult time seeing any scenario in which Reich is out after say 2020. So I would say he's safe for years. Yeah, I agree. A big, big Frank Reich fan here. I think he's a, an outstanding teacher, leader, I mean, culture type guy. I think you kind of get the total package here. Uh, so you try to think about it like maybe they have a different direction at quarterback. And as long as this team shows growth and and doesn't bottom out in any way, I think he's going to be fine. And what he's been able to prove already has been really impressive. I think he's safe for years. Okay. That brings us to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. who are sitting at five and nine. Uh, minus 103 point differential, which is worse than what they were last year, which is worse than what they were the year before that. Um, I want to say goodbye to Doug Marone because <laughs> ownership in Jacksonville has bid farewell to Tom Coughlin. The, the, the statement released by Khan said that he had decided that at the end of the year, this was best for everyone. And then this whole mess starts coming out where Coughlin was trying to find guys for not showing up to, to voluntary rehab. And he tried to find Leonard Fournette like $99,000 for sitting on the sidelines at the end of last year's game when he was inactive for the game. And just like this big, like big ego trip with Tom Coughlin and, and the NFLPA has kind of bounced back all these fines and said, no, you can't do that. So once this has hit the news, uh, Khan accelerated firing Coughlin to right here, right now. And I think they're going to have an opportunity to kind of overview and look at a lot of everything else that they have going on because they know that there's going to be a, a potential regime change as far as a VP of football ops. And Doug Marone's not doing a very good job with this football team. Yeah, at the end right of the day, I'm- that they've regressed three straight years. So I want to say goodbye to Doug Marone. I mean, five seasons as an NFL head coach, he's been a losing uh, coach in three of those seasons. He's going to have consecutive seasons of like five or six wins. Um, 
man, I, I think I think 2017 was an anomaly. They had an elite defense, and they were able to get enough out of Blake Bortles. But I mean, five and nine this year so far, five and eleven, six and ten. His first year in Buffalo to nine and seven. I, this guy's a bum, and he's a, he's a, he's a, these philosophies are dated. They're not up to speed with today's NFL. Give me this guy out of here. Goodbye. Okay, AFC West time. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs ten and four at the top of the division. Andy Reid, the head coach. Um, I mean, Andy Reid's always been good, right? I mean, like you just don't you look at his resume. And you just don't find a lot of blemishes. I mean, he's he's a, a consistent winner. Look at look at in Kansas City. This guy got there in 2013. 11 and 5, 9 and 7, 11 and 5, 12 and 4, 10 and 6, 12 and 4, 10 and 4. They've won the AFC West four years in a row. They've made the playoffs every year except for once, and they still had a winning record that year. Andy Reid is a winning coach, man. He gets it done no matter what the circumstances are. He's been tried and true through multiple quarterbacks, different things happening around him. Um, great, great football coach. I mean, over 200 career wins. That says a lot. He's safe for years. Yeah, brother. I mean, Kansas City's 10 and four. Lost Mahomes for what? Three or four weeks? Yeah, he's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, definitely lock him in as safe for years. He's got a hell of a coaching tree, too, has Andy Reid. So, um, he not, not only does – and you see that, right? Like, you've seen coaches that their assistants get plucked and stuff like that, and, and they have a regression. It doesn't happen with Andy Reid. He's able to produce coaches as well. I, I love what this man gets done. All right, Oakland Raiders, uh, six and eight. They're in second place of the AFC West. John Gruden, this is uh, year two of that 10-year contract they gave him. Uh, they're moving to Vegas next year. Um, you know, I don't I don't know that. It, and this team's very young, right? That's the thing is I think they're still building their roster to get it to a, a level of talent that can really challenge. Uh, but the reality is this season they played a ton, ton a ton of ton of ton of Young players, and I know I sound like I was speaking another language there, but uh, I, I we're being predictive here. I don't think Gruden's going anywhere. I don't think any owner is going to eat, you know, seven years or even six years of salary to a coach, at, especially at the rate Gruden gets paid. So I'm not sure the results matter as much for Gruden as they do other teams. Uh, and certainly, you know, this team did grow from last year to this year, and they are playing a lot of young players. So there's some reason for some optimism here. But I think more than anything, his contract is prohibitive to him getting fired. Yeah, I mean, you could have just stopped at year two of a 10 year contract. Right. That's it. He's not going anywhere, period. Yeah. All right. Uh, Denver Broncos, five and nine. Uh, year one for Vic Fangio. It's been a long time for him to get this opportunity to be a head coach. Um, imagine wasting it on the Broncos. Yeah. Well, uh, look, I'm a friend of Broncos country after my comments yesterday. Um, yeah, I mean, Fangio, it's, he's year one. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have any reason to believe that his seat's warm. I don't know that this team didn't have the same season I expected them to have, you know, obviously for, for a guy like Fangio, um, it's going to be about getting the the offense right. I think the defense is always going to be fine. That's one thing him and, him and Ed Donatel, whether it's been 49ers or Ch- Chicago, defense has never been a problem. All right, well, brother, get your offense together. That, that way your defense can really thrive. That's going to be the big thing for him to get that together at some point. But they've got some exciting young pieces, and uh, you know, hopefully they can get the quarterback thing right. I think he's – I have no reason to think that he's not doesn't have at least a couple more years that he's safe. I'll go safe for years on Fangio. I'll go safer now, it's because this team was designed to be 
kind of plug and play. That's why they went the the veteran route. They went with Joe Flacco and being you know bringing Juwan James in free agency, and obviously injuries have been a factor there. But I could see if this thing is five and eleven at the end of next year. I don't know. I could I could feasibly see John Elway, who is not afraid to to his credit admit when he's made a mistake and move on from mistakes and not cling to him for too long. If Vic Fangio's got 10 wins at the end of two years, I could see him getting the boot after two. That's an interesting point. I think kind of the messaging we received when this team went with the combination of Fangio and Flacco was, all right, we just need to get to mediocre again, because this is a team that didn't have like consecutive losing seasons since the seventies, like the early seventies, never consecutive losing seasons. And then they got, their consecutive losing seasons under Vance Joseph. And it was like, okay, here's Joe Flacco and Vic Fangio, the most vanilla guys you could possibly bring in to make sure that you just at least get to that 500 mark. And I think you make a good point, Kyle, there. I'm actually going to change my answer for to save for now because I don't think you know they're going to have their third straight losing season this year. And this starts getting to four or five. You know, I, I think he's going to be plucked pretty quick here. Right. That's a good point. All right. Uh, last one. Uh, for the AFC West is the Los Angeles Chargers. They're five and nine uh, under Anthony Lynn this year. Uh, his first season in 2017, they were nine and seven, 12 and four last year. Right? They uh, won uh, a playoff game. They finished second in the division, you know, because the Chiefs are so good. But this year, five and nine. I mean, ton of, ton of injuries. Darwin James, uh, you know, uh, left tackle Russell Okung. Um, it, I mean, it's they've been banged up. Um, Melvin Gordon's contract situation. Um, but I, I don't think he can stack a whole bunch of losing seasons together either. And and it's going to be a little bit interesting to see what happens at quarterback because you just feel like Rivers is kind of really breaking down right before our eyes. And, you know, he's going to need production out of Rivers or he's going to need a whole lot better in terms of pass protection in front of him. I think he's safe for nar safe for now, but he's gonna have to be careful to get the quarterback thing right quick and not stack up a bunch of losing seasons. Well, I really you can't blame Anthony Lynn for what went wrong in LA this year. But they're at a precarious spot because you've got bad offensive line, you've got a quarterback that's at the end of his road. I don't I could see this getting worse before it gets better unless they have drastically different luck with the health department. And that's always kind of out of your control as a coach. So I think he's safe for now, but I think he's a great coach. And I think if he were to go, he would be a, a victim of unfortunate circumstances in LA. Well, and that, I think last year there was a lot of buzz about how he's really changed the dynamics of the organization and culture and that type of stuff. Um, you know, I just, with, with a situation like this, I just get nervous that they, they don't find a, a quick enough answer at quarterback. If rivers can't continue to play, that's always and my that, concern with these guys. Well, and the unfortunate thing with that is that's out of, that's out of Anthony Lynn's control. Exactly. So but you if, get tied it, to that stuff. Right. So I think Anthony Lynn is a great coach but I think he's the one out of all the ones that we've talked about so far that is the most likely, whether it's 2020 or a little further down the road, depending on what happens with Philip Rivers, I think he's the one that is the most 
highest probability of being an, uh, an unfortunate bystander that that gets dragged down with stuff that's out of his control. So we only, in the AFC, we only had one goodbye, Jaguars. Yes. Because the bad teams have sort of like new directions that they need to let, you know, flesh out. Yep. Well, just kind of glossing over the NFC and we've already had two goodbyes. Yeah. We got, we got another couple more coming. Imagine us being dumb enough to think that we could actually get through both teams and yeah. or both conferences in the same. Never, team. never would have thought that. I was so 35 minute mark. Yeah. We're doing the NFC tomorrow. And uh, I guess we'll we'll see how quickly we work if we want to roll in some uh, some week sixteen analysis, Joe. Yeah. But I think I think the fan bases will appreciate this this kind of working through the teams. And I would rather do two shows than go one show and not give everybody due justice to Absolutely. have a little bit of conversation about their teams. We learned a valuable lesson today. Never no, we worked- didn't. We're, We're never, never going to try to do all 32 teams under a concept ever again. That's not true. Until totally the next time next that we, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we we'll got the mock surprised. draft thing figured out this, this. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, the NFC tomorrow, looking forward to it. NFC tomorrow, come back and listen. If you're a fan of an AFC team, you still need to come back and listen anyway, because we're going to do, some rapid fire week 16 takes. How's that? Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino signing off. Thanks as always for listening to the DraftKings podcast. Lowe's knows top outdoor power equipment. And now's the time to get your yard ready for spring with Ego Outdoor Power Equipment starting at 219. Experience the latest innovations in outdoor battery power from Ego, like Speed IQ technology that adapts mower speed to your stride. Get continuous non-stop trimming with the Line IQ String Trimmer and get added steering wheel precision with the E-Steer Zero Turn Mower. Shop Ego, the number one rated brand in cordless outdoor power. Only at Lowe's today.